Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Club pod. My name is Troy Miller and I am the host of this podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking about bringing people to Jesus and talk about the calling we have as Christians to share the gospel. And we're going to jump straight into the podcast today, but before we do, I'm going to start off, as I always do, with a prayer. So if you'll all bow your heads with me while I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as I begin this new day, I come before you with a grateful heart. Thank you for the gift of life and the opportunities this day holds. I surrender my plans, my worries, and my desires into your loving hands. Please guide me throughout this day, Lord. Fill me with your wisdom, understanding, and discernment as I navigate the challenges and joys that lie ahead. Lord, help me to be a source of love, kindness, and compassion to those I encounter. Father, grant me the strength and the courage to face any obstacles that may come my way. May your peace guard my heart and mind in every situation. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness for any mistakes I have made in the past and for any moments that I have fallen short of your will. Help me to grow in faith and righteousness, seeking your guidance in all that I do. Thank you for your constant presence and unfailing love. May I always be aware of your spirit working in my life, guiding me closer to you each day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you've prayed along with me, please let this prayer be a source of comfort, strength, and inspiration for you as you navigate each day, drawing closer to God and experiencing His grace and love in every aspect of your life. Okay. Let's jump straight into the podcast. So, as I said, today we're going to be talking about bringing people to Jesus. So, bringing non-believers to Jesus, planting seeds. Um, I'll be answering a couple of questions I got through the email. Speaking of the email, you can email me at theBornAgainClubPod at gmail.com. If you have any feedback for the podcast or you have any questions or you have anything that you'd like me to cover in the podcast, um, but back to today's episode, it's titled Bringing People to Jesus, A Call to Share the Gospel. So today I want to reflect on the profound responsibility we have as followers of Jesus, the responsibility to bring people to him, to share the life-changing message of the gospel. And remember our Lord's final words to his disciples were, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And you can find that in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. These words resonate with us today, urging us to take action and fulfill this divine commission. Let us explore how we can effectively bring people to Jesus throughout this podcast. And there's a fair few few points that I want to go through today. Um, And then there's some questions that relate to this topic that I've received through emails that I will cover a little bit later on. But the first point I want to make is all about embodying Christ's love. One of the most powerful ways to draw others to Jesus is through love. Jesus commanded us saying, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And that's in John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35. Love is the essence of Christianity. And we've spoken about that in um, past podcasts, but we'll keep covering it because obviously love is the whole foundation of our Christian beliefs. So when we genuinely love and show compassion to those around us, we become living testimonies to Christ's grace and mercy. People are drawn to the love they see in us. 
love that transcends differences and transforms lives. Let us seek to embody Christ's love in all that we do, for love is the bridge that connects our hearts to Jesus. And I will probably preach about love until um, I can't can't say any more about the topic because, as I've said, it is the the absolute foundation um, and, and and the backbone of our Christian faith. The second point that I'd like to bring up when you're trying to uh, share the word of God and introduce non-believers to Jesus and try to draw them into Jesus, um, remembering that us as Christians have that, um, I guess we have that responsibility to bring Jesus back his people that, that he's died on the cross for, um, to save them from their sins, to help them repent um, and and gain his forgiveness and and have salvation through God's grace. So sharing personal testimonies, each of us, we all have unique stories. We all have a unique story on how Jesus has impacted our lives. And and I've sh- I've shared my testimony on this podcast right back at the beginning, on my pilot episode, I guess you'd call it. Um, and I know that every single Christian whether you've been a Christian for your whole life or whether you're born again like myself, um, everyone has a unique testimony. The psalmist declares, Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. And that's in Psalm chapter 66, verse 16. Our personal testimonies carry immense power. They are evidence of God's faithfulness, love, and transformative grace. As we share our experiences of encountering Jesus, we plant seeds of hope and inspiration in the hearts of others. Our stories resonate with their own struggles, reminding them that Jesus is the source of redemption and hope. So let's not shy away from sharing our testimonies, for they can lead others to Christ's life-giving truth. And I think it's just it's one of the most fundamental things for Christians to do is to share their testimonies, even if it's not to non-believers. Share your testimonies with people at your church. Share them with other believers that you meet. Um, you know, it doesn't have to just be sharing them to try and get people to come back to Jesus. Just share it. Show people how good Jesus has been in your life, how faithful our God is, um, because he deserves all the glory and he deserves to be talked up. And, um, you know, I, I'm forever, whenever I get a chance, um, telling people about my testimony, especially when they want to hear about it. It makes it um, all the more fun to tell, I guess, because you know that there's been some massive movements in your life. I know that I've had huge transformation and I know that Jesus has just saved me and saved saved me from the person that I was. And God has has said, you know what, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter, you know, the demons you're still struggling with. I, I, I want you with me. I want to have a relationship with you. And, and I think that's the most important thing that we can share with everybody. 
It's very, very important, and this is point number three, that we live a Christ-centered life. So our lives are living testimony to the world. And the Apostle Paul urged us, he said, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And you can find that verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. I'm having trouble with my words today, aren't I? My pronunciation. That's okay. We'll get through. Okay, so when we prioritize Christ in our daily decisions and actions, we become beacons of his love and of his truth. Our Christ-centered lives point others to the source of our joy, peace, and our strength. All right, let us strive to live lives that reflect um, Christ's teachings, treating others with kindness, humility, and forgiveness. In doing so, we attract people to the abundant life found in Jesus. So there's no good if we're going out and we're talking about Jesus and we're giving our testimonies and we're, we're, we're telling people just how great he is and then they turn around and they see us not living um, with kindness or humility or seeing us bitter and angry and unable to forgive people. It's very important as Christians, and I'm learning this as I continue to go along, you know, I still get bitter and, and, and you know, I hold grudges against people and there's people that I feel have done done wrong by me and I, it you know, it makes your blood boil sometimes. But at the end of the night, at the end of the day when I'm in bed and I, and I pray to Jesus and I, and I pray to our our powerful wonderful god i i always pray for the people that i feel have done me wrong and i and i and i and i always always forgive them you know you don't necessarily have to forget what people have done to you but it's all about forgiveness and just understanding that you know everyone's on their own journey and they all have different worldviews and some people most people that really, really hurt us or, um, you know, make us, make us angry or bitter um, are, are those that don't know Jesus, those that don't have a relationship with God. And so we have to be the bigger people as Christians and forgive them and let them know that we forgive them and, and, and act in humility and be kind. And I mentioned that I, I, I pray every night. I pray every single night. And I always pray for others. So that's my point number four. And it is praying for others. Prayer is a mighty weapon in bringing people to Jesus. And again, the, the Apostle Paul encouraged us. He said, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4. to Through prayer, we connect with the heart of God, interceding on behalf of the lost and those in need of salvation. Our prayers soften hearts, break down barriers, and create opportunities for the gospel to take root. 
So let's be diligent in praying for those who have not yet experienced the grace and the love of Jesus. Now, I can testify. This is another testimony. I have prayed for people who have claimed that they're non-believers, that I've had people that claim that they're Satanists, which to me doesn't make sense because if there's a Satan, there has to be a God, but they claim to be atheists. So work that one out. But um, I've prayed for people that just don't want to believe in God because I guess it's easier to live in a world of sin and it's easier to be tempted by the devil. But you can see small breakthroughs when you plant seeds and every now and then a glimmer of hope pops out when they start talking about God or they start talking about prayer or they start talking about Jesus. And and sometimes it's in sort of a, a sarcastic way, but you can tell that, you know, even if they're talking in a in a sarcastic sort of tone, Jesus is on their mind. Jesus is starting to penetrate their mind and they're starting to think about him more. And their hearts are starting to soften. And when a non-believer turns around to me and tells me that they've started to pray, that that's a win for me because I know that slowly them walls are breaking down and that their hearts are softening. And one day, Jesus is going to reach out and touch them and he's going to bring them back home. So, the commission is to bring people to Jesus. It's not reserved for a select few, but it is a call to each and every one of us. We are his ambassadors, tasked with sharing his love and message with a hurting world. So, may we embody Christ's love, share our testimonies, live Christ-centered lives, and fervently pray for those in need. Let us be faithful and obedient in this divine mandate, knowing that the salvation of souls is at stake. So as we go forward from here, let us remember the words of the Apostle Paul. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? That verse is in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. May we be the ones who boldly proclaim the gospel and lead people to the eternal embrace of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, they're the main points that I would like you to take from this podcast. Now... We've had a few more emails come in that really, it sort of helped me choose the the theme for today's podcast because they were um, really close to the topic at hand. So the first question I received was, how do we talk to non-believers respectfully without pushing our beliefs onto them? So engaging in respectful conversations with non-believers while avoiding pushing our beliefs onto them require a balance of um, a balanced and sensitive approach. So here's some um, guidelines, I suppose, to help us communicate effectively. So, and there's, I've come up with 10. So, number one, listen with empathy. 
So we need to begin by actively listening to the non-believer's perspective and experiences. And we need to show genuine interest in understanding their beliefs and values without the judgment. Number two, we need to respect their autonomy. So we need to recognize that everyone has the right to hold their own beliefs. And, you know, we can plant the seeds, but we should not, should not forcefully push our beliefs onto them. So avoid trying to forcefully change their views or invalidate their experiences. Number three, share your beliefs humbly. If the topic of faith comes up naturally, feel free to share your beliefs and experiences with humility and respect. Focus on personal stories and how your faith has positively impacted your life. Number four, use I statements. So frame your thoughts using I statements to express your beliefs and experiences rather than making general assertions. This approach avoids sounding preachy and respects the other person's autonomy. Number five, ask open-ended questions. Encourage open dialogue by asking questions that allow the other person to share their thoughts and feelings. This helps build trust and understanding um, and really just gives them an opportunity to be able to express their inner thoughts and feelings and their beliefs and their values and, and whatever else. Number six, avoid confrontation. Stay away from arguments or heated debates. Instead, foster an environment of mutual respect and understanding, even when discussing differences in beliefs. Number seven, find common ground. Look for shared values or experiences that can help bridge the gap between our beliefs or your beliefs and and theirs. Finding common ground can lead to more meaningful conversations. Number eight, be patient and respect boundaries. Recognize that changing beliefs is a personal journey and it may take some time for someone to open or be open to a new idea. Respect the boundaries if they indicate discomfort with discussing certain topics. Number nine, be open to learning. Remain open to learning from others regardless of their beliefs. Engaging in respectful conversations can broaden your perspective and deepen your understanding on on all, all people's different worldviews. Number 10, the most important one that I think we can do so because you know Christians can have a bad I guess stereotype or reputation you know for especially evangelical Christians for you know just keeping on you know stepping forward stepping forward stepping forward and and just trying to push it on a little bit too hard a little bit too early so number 10 we need to know when to step back if the other person shows disinterest or discomfort gracefully step back from the conversation preassuring someone to engage in discussions they are not ready for can be counterproductive i meant to say pressuring not preassuring <laughs> pressuring someone into engage uh, to engage in di- discussions they are not ready for can be counterproductive so we just have to remember that the goal of these conversations is not to convince or convert the other person, but to foster mutual respect, understanding and empathy. By engaging in respectful dialogue, you can build bridges of communication and possibly plant seeds for curiosity and interest in exploring faith further. And that's the most important thing that we need to do as, as God's people. We need to go out and just plant those seeds. We can't, in the click of a finger, turn someone from a non-believer to a believer. It is a journey and it takes time. And 
from my own experience, I know it takes time because it take it, it took me from around the age of 10, 11 up until I was 24, 25 to actually start considering that, you know, um, Jesus, Jesus might actually, you know, be fair dinkum. So, yeah, it's it's just very very important that we that we just don't come on too strong. It's it's kind of like men that go to a bar and and they and they their one goal is to talk to that girl and and they they just come on way too strong and it and it gets creepy. It starts to get uncomfortable and then it, it makes that girl say, I don't ever want to talk to that guy again. I don't ever want to see him again. No, thank you. Walls up. Opportunity lost because you've come on too strong. Whereas you could walk into the bar and you could be polite and say, hello, how are you going? Nice going, fine. Later on, she could go, see you around and go, oh, he was pretty nice. When he, when he was in the bar before, I might go and see if I can strike up a conversation. And then that's when relationship grows. So we need to plant seeds and not be pushy. Which brings me on to my next topic. So it was a question, again, sent to my email, and it says, How to plant a seed in non-believers. So planting a seed in the heart of non-believers involves gently and respectfully introducing them to the message of faith. Here are some steps to consider when doing so. Number one, build a genuine relationship. Focus on forming an authentic connection with the non-believer. Show care, empathy, and respect for their beliefs and experiences. Number two, listen to their perspective, understand their worldview, and actively listen to their thoughts and concerns. This demonstrates that you value their beliefs and are open to learning from them. Number three, share your faith story. When the opportunity arises naturally, remember, naturally, share your personal faith journey and how it has impacted your life positively. Positively. Oh my goodness, my... I've had a long day at work. It's been a very, very long day at work and um, my brain is firing on half half its cylinders at the moment, so I apologize for some of my um, stumbles on my words. But that's okay, we all make mistakes. Um, Make it relatable and emphasize the transformation your faith has brought. So don't go into a conversation with the idea in mind that you're going to bombard this person uh, with your testimony or with your beliefs, like go into the conversation hoping that the natural, um, I guess, curve of the of the conversation will will go into a direction where you can gradually and naturally uh, bring up faith. And if they seem like they're interested or they're they're ready to listen, then that's when you can ask them, are you interested in hearing my testimony? And if they say yes, fantastic. If they say, oh, no, not today, don't pressure them. Okay, plant that seed. And next time they see you, they may well say, hey, you were going to tell me about your um, testimony. I'd, I'd be interested to hear. It's, it's as simple as that. 
Number four, show Christ's love through actions. Demonstrate Christ's love through the acts of kindness, compassion, and service. Actions often speak louder than words and can be a powerful way to display the love of God. Number five, share thoughtful resources. Recommend books, articles, or videos that explore faith and spirituality in a non-pushy manner. These resources can encourage self-discovery and reflection. Number six, pray for them. Lift the non-believer in prayer, asking for guidance and understanding. Prayer can have a significant impact when it's done privately. So, this isn't going up to someone in the street like some of the evangelicals or... You know, some of the, yeah, I won't mention any names of preachers, but, you know, these people that go up into the streets and they just walk up to people and they say, hey, can I pray for you? That that can make people severely uncomfortable. And I know that some Christians think that that's what God wants you to do, but I think you have to be a little bit, um, a little bit more, yeah, respectful than that. So, I mean, if the conversation is going positive and they've asked you to talk about your um, testimony and they're really interested in learning about the faith and you ask them, hey, would you like me to pray for you? Absolutely pray for them. But if you're talking to a non-believer and you're trying to plant seeds and they're not really into the conversation, what you can do is when you're on your own, whether you're driving home in your car, whether you're at home in at night time in your bed or whatever, pray for that non-believer and just ask God, just just a simple prayer like, Dear Heavenly Father, can you please um, help soften the heart of so-and-so? And, and I've planted a seed today, Lord, just help that seed grow and help them, um, yeah, help them um, be open to understanding your word and, and help them come back towards you um, in in their own way. Something simple like that. Number seven, answer questions respectfully. So if the non-believer asks questions about your faith, respond with honesty, respect, and humility. Avoid being confrontational or dismissive. Number eight, be patient and respectful. Respect their journey and recognize that accepting faith is a personal and often gradual process. Avoiding pressuring or forcing them to believe. You have to remember, this world is a horrible place, okay? This world is a horrible place. And there's a lot of hurt in the world. And there's a lot of people that have been hurt by the world. And so when you get someone who is filled with faith and love and the love of Jesus and you come up to them and and you start telling them how good Jesus is and they've been hurt by the world it is absolutely the last thing in the world that they want to hear because their first thought is if God and it's everyone's argument that I know that that is a non-believer if if God is so loving so caring why does he let these bad things happen to me why does he let bad things happen to these people? Why does he let bad things happen to children? All the and I'm sure everyone all all believers have heard those arguments from um, non-believers. So we have to be really patient and respectful of their journey. And again, it's just about planting them seeds. So we have to be compassionate. We have to be sensitive. 
and we don't want to push it on because as soon as you start those sort of arguments, it really just kills the whole it kills the whole um, conversation because there's no way that they're going to listen to you and let your words penetrate to get them to understand your point of view or your beliefs. Once their walls are up, it's pretty hard to bring them down. So it's all about that respectful sensitivity. Number 10, respect. Sorry, number 9, invite them to explore. Offer invitations to join a faith-based event such as a church service, small group gatherings or community service project. Make it clear that it's a casual invitation and not an obligation. So you could always say, hey, look, I go to this church um, on Sunday. Um, It'd be great if you could come along um, and just understand a little bit more of of what I'm talking about. Um, I understand that you know, going to church can be confronting. You're not really a believer, but I just thought maybe you could come along and see what it's all about. Um, but it's completely up to you. There's no pressure. Um, but the invitation's there if you'd like to come along with me. And that's all you have to do. Number 10, respect their boundaries. If the non-believer indicates that they are not interested in discussing faith further, respect their wishes. Pushing too hard can strain the relationship and hinder future opportunities for meaningful conversations. So if there's a wall put in place right now, have faith because God can move mountains. Have faith that it's just not their time at the moment. It's just not their time to come come to Jesus, to come to God. Just have faith that God can break down those walls. And in the future, if not you, somebody else might have that meaningful conversation. If you can plant that seed and and just embed it in their soul, it's in the back of their mind and it, and, it, and it tugs on their heart a little bit from time to time. They may meet someone else down the track who may open up that conversation again and then they might go, you know what, I'm ready. I want to go and meet my maker. I want to I learn who he is and I want to learn about the, the, the man who who sacrificed his life for my salvation. So finally, just remember the goal is to plant seeds of curiosity and interest rather than forcefully converting someone. Each person's faith journey is unique and your role is to be a supportive and understanding presence as they explore their beliefs. By demonstrating Christ's love through your actions and words, you can create an environment where seeds of faith can take root and grow in their own time. Okay. Now. This was. I did. I wasn't sure whether I was going to throw this question in. But I thought. It does. It does sort of relate to the topic. And. I've, I've spoken about planting seeds. And, and, and hoping that. You know. People will come back to Jesus. But I've been asked. What happens if a person doesn't accept Jesus? So, and and like it can be a this can be a hard um, this can be a hard topic to talk about, but it's truth, and it's written in the scriptures, and it's God's word, and we know is we know what happens to people as Christians that don't accept Jesus, but it's important that we explore this question 
um, and I can try to answer um, in a way that's easy for you um, to understand as as Christians, as, as born-again Christians or Christians coming back into the faith. So the consequences of not accepting Jesus vary depending on on different theological beliefs and interpretations um, within Christianity. But in Christian doctrine, accepting Jesus refers to acknowledging him as Lord and Saviour and believing in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins and choosing to follow him as a way of life. For those who don't accept Jesus in this way, there are a few predominant views. So the first view would be eternal separation from God. So this is a traditional Christian view. So according to the traditional Christian view, those who do not accept Jesus as their Savior may face eternal separation from God. This separation is often referred to as eternal damnation or hell. The idea is that rejecting the salvation offered through Jesus results in being separated from God's presence and love for eternity. And that is the majority of Christian believers' view. But there is a couple of others. So, the second one is conditional immortality. So, some Christians hold the belief of conditional immortality or Annihilatianism. That is a big word. <laughs> According to this view, those who do not accept Jesus will not receive eternal life, but will eventually cease to exist. That is scary. You just cease to exist. The idea is that the eternal life is a gift reserved for believers and those who reject Jesus will not receive this gift. Although, you know, so that that view, for some atheists, I suppose, that they just say, oh, well, if there's nothing, there's nothing. But, you know, from the traditional views, hell, that doesn't seem as bad as hell. But I'd still, from my point of view, would love eternity... um, walking with God. The third one is universal reconciliation. So, universalism. So, a very, very, very small minority of Christians hold the belief in universal reconciliation, which suggests that eventually all souls, even those who do not accept Jesus, will be reconciled with God and its experience salvation. This view posits that God loves and God's love and mercy will ultimately prevail over judgment. God is a very loving God, but it's written in the scriptures that those who do not believe that Jesus died for our sins and resurrected um, will suffer eternal damnation. Um, and that's my beliefs, my personal beliefs. I'm, I'm um, from view of the traditional Christians, so point number one, eternal separation. I believe that um, people that don't accept Jesus as their Savior may face eternal separation from God. Um, but, you know, it's important to consider all beliefs and all, and all views. 
It's important to note that the understanding of salvation and its consequences is a complex and nuanced topic with within Christianity. Different denominations and individuals, uh, individual believers may hold varying views on this matter, but ultimately, the question of what happens to a person who does not accept Jesus is a matter of personal faith and interpretation of scriptures within the broader context of Christian theology. I just wouldn't risk it, you know. I um, I really, I don't know where I heard the 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 metaphor, but it, it was something along along the lines of if you're walking in the forest and you're lost and you go and knock on someone's door and they open it and they don't know who you are, they're going to be like, no, I'm not letting you in. I don't know. I have a clue who you are. And that could be the same um, if Jesus doesn't know you. Um, when you die, you get to the gates and he'll turn you away and say, no, I, I never knew you. Um, and and the other, the other thing I have is when... Um, when atheists or non-believers say, you know, like, I just believe you're going to die um, and cease to exist, nothing's going to happen, then I'm just like, well, they're like, why do you believe? And it's like, well, because you got to have some hope in life and I, I, I believe the scriptures and I have hope in Jesus and I put all my faith in Jesus. And the thing is, like, if I'm wrong... I'm just going to cease to exist. If I'm wrong, I'm going to cease to exist. But if I'm right, I'd rather be standing on the right side. Um, and I'd like Jesus to know me so he'll let me into the gates of heaven. Rather than denying him. And if I'm wrong, if I deny him and I'm wrong. Um, like I mean, if I deny him and... I'm right, well, I'm just going to cease to exist, so it's not going to matter. But if I'm wrong when I'm denying him and I end up in hell, I think I'm going to regret that for eternity. So, um, yeah, that's that's today's podcast. If you've got any um, questions or anything you'd like to add to the podcast for the next episode, you can email me at theborngainclubpod at gmail.com. Remember, if you've got any issues on your mind or you've got anything weighing you down, just lift them up to Jesus, lay them at his feet because they are not yours to hold on to. And remember to pray, pray, pray for anything that is getting you down. And remember to forgive others and pray for others and just keep planting those seeds everywhere you go. I have been Troy Miller. This has been the Born Again Club pod. I'll talk to you next week. Stay blessed.